Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, July 8th. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. Everybody. Buddy? Comrades. <laughs> Comrades. Um, let's see. What else? What else can we throw out there? Uh, no. Amigos. There you go. Amigos. Partners. Like Partners. Buddies. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, I know. If you don't get why we did that, then you, you obviously haven't been listening to previous episodes. So yeah. go back and listen to them because I'm not going to explain. <laughs> uh, we are here once again. Another Friday. Another week gone by. And I'm here with... Jimmy, yes, sir. what's up, Chris? Nada. Uh, how was your week? Oh man, well, uh, pretty fast, pretty fast. Yeah, we got the the local carnival in town, so that's been been kind of a fun little break. You know what I really like about our carnival? What's that? So this is like our equivalent to like our county fair. Yeah, but yeah. just in our city. Yeah. So it's not the it's not like so the whole county would be the Frederick County Fair, which is a bigger event. This is our our town yeah which is still one of the bigger ones for the area sure it's pretty popular i should say yeah within the county and everything but what i like about it is they have they have gun raffles yes they do <laughs> and we went there and played a couple of times they certainly do uh and you know i know some of you out there are a little sensitive about that topic right now but i'm not so i'm going to talk about it if i want to um because <laughs> i'm just in that kind of mood today well you know what the most popular thing there i say that just because it's been there since i was a kid and everybody from you know, grandmas to little kids love the knife game. The knife game. Ringing the knives. Yeah. Ringing the knives. It's just, you know, how do you not enjoy that? So funny story about the knife game. So here's what the knife game is. They got these two rotating platforms. One uh, sits on top of the other one. And they have a bunch of knives sticking on both sides, both heights of the platform. And they spin and you get rings, little round red rings, and you throw it. And if it lands on the knife, it has to like go around, yeah, the, hook handle. around the handle. Yeah. If it goes around the handle of the knife, you win that knife. Yep. So here's a story for you. Megan and I go over there <laughs> and she sees a pink knife. She's like, oh my God, I want the pink knife. I want the pink knife. And she turns around and she says, Chris, win me the pink knife. I'm like, okay. So what did Chris do? Chris threw about three rings and on the fourth ring, Chris wins the pink knife. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Perfect. Nothing but net. <laughs> Nothing but net on the on the pink knife thing. But uh, yeah, the knife's on. Um, you know, obviously they always have like their little carnival rides uh, for the kiddos. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though. They drain me dry as far as my wallet goes this yeah, week. Yeah. The, the games and in, in inflation have gotten insane. Insane. Yeah, when they say everything's gone up, they mean everything's gone up because even the cost to just do something as simple as you spray squirt guns, it costs you five dollars for about twelve seconds. Yeah, I mean that's insane. And then you know, and then they give you, uh, <laughs> you actually you you're probably gonna lose because mm -hmm. you can have twenty people play and only one person wins their one little stuffed animal or right. something. So they're making, you know, what. 50 bucks off a round easy and they're yeah. giving away a two dollar teddy bear yep yeah. <laughs> so, so inflation's okay for them yeah good because they're uh well they're probably paying three bucks now for the for the teddy yeah, bear but, yeah but uh still they're still making uh, a pretty sizable uh profit margin off each round of uh water gun squirting yeah 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of things we could talk about this week. Um, obviously, we had the shooting on July 4th, which is magically has kind of gone away. It's very quiet. Yeah. Um, and, and I say magically. It's not really magically. It's because the narrative doesn't fit the mainstream media's, you know, what they want it to fit. Because, uh, you know, if you if anybody saw this kid's, and I say kid, he's 21 years old. Uh, anyone saw this kid's, uh, uh, you know, online social media, social media profile. uh, profiles and comments and things like that, very heavily suggestive uh, of him, you know, kind of being part of their ideology. Um, so, of course, you know, anytime and, that happens. And if not, he's at least a product of it. Well, and he's, I mean, and he clearly says on one of them, and I, I tweeted it, I tweeted a, this picture out. We had, of course, you know, we had the, uh, the uh, California elite out on Twitter this past week saying, oh, he's a big Trump supporter. So really? Yeah. I didn't well, see that. He went all. to a Trump rally, but he was dressed as Waldo. Really? At, no. at a Trump rally. So yeah. What do you think he was there dressed as Waldo for? Because he supported Trump? No. <laughs> it was a complete play well, he on seems him. just like a troll of a kid in the first place no, like exactly just what he i mean he whatever and he was he's not a happy kid and he wants some attention like, yeah well he got it yeah. <laughs> he, he got probably uh did he have any kind of manifesto or anything as far as you know did he i know he hasn't again they've really stopped releasing anything about anything I mean, about him yeah but uh, yeah i guess i didn't see much about his social media or whatever just to see if he gave any indication as to like why he's doing what he's doing other than he's a psychopath well and and here's what i'll say so you know illinois has you know these supposedly really strong red flag laws um and now that we kind of do have a, a a history of this kid's upbringing or I guess culture within his household. Um, you know, year a few years ago, uh, the police were called. They came to his house. He had threatened to kill himself and kill everybody in the house. And so the police removed uh, 19 knives out of this kid's room. You know, as a result of that call, he wasn't charged. He wasn't, you know, brought to jail. He none of the, he wasn't removed from the house. Uh, none of these things. Um, so therein lies your problem. These, you know, touting these red flag laws. Right. But if it gets to that point mm -hmm. where, where they need to actually, it's not just like, Hey, he was having a bad day. They came and, you know, talked to him and everybody agreed that, uh, you know, he's, he's good. We're just going to settle him down. But if it gets to that point where they need to remove weapons mm -hmm. from his presence, because he's a threat, doesn't that warrant some kind of psych evaluation? Uh, I would think, but I don't, and here's the thing. Here's the thing with psyche valves. One, I think in most cases, unless a judge orders it, they have to be voluntary. Mm. So you can't just say he needs a psyche valve and make him go get one. Law enforcement cannot do that. Right. I, I kind of figured that if it's an arrestable offense, they they can law enforcement has some leeway to say, hey, we can either take him to jail or we can take him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, they can take him to a to a hospital for evaluation. That's what I mean. But no, but that's not that's not the same thing as a basically basically in that in those cases when they go to the hospital it's it's for observation. It's sure. not for 
seriously sitting down and looking into the mind of this person. It's a, it's basically a lot of places call it a 72 hour cooling off period because that's what it is. They put you in a fucking padded room and they monitor you, but they don't interact with you. They don't ask you questions. You don't sit down with a psychiatrist. None of those things at that stage. That's starkly different from getting somebody actually, uh, What's the word? Uh, you mean yeah, getting uh, evaluated? Oh. That's a starkly different thing from getting somebody evaluated. Oh, I thought you meant we're going for committed. Um, but yeah, so w- well, I like to think that there, uh, I'm sure that there are warning signs, and it's always easier to see in hindsight. However, um, but the parents had the warning signs. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah, we kind of asked you a little bit earlier, and I asked you. I said, Chris, do you think? that this could have been prevented. And, you know, I think your immediate answer was no, because he hadn't actually committed any crimes or anything to to prevent him from anything. But I think what you meant was somebody within his close proximity should have been able to recognize that he's a... Right, but they must not have believed that. Right. Because if they did and didn't do it, and, you know, I think for the first day and a half after this, like, they were, like, really on the father's ass. Like, the media was kind of bashing the dad. Now there is, there is uh, a certain level of maybe truth to that because the dad in in Illinois, it's not Chicago. It's about 25 miles off, excuse me, outside of Chicago. I got the hiccups. Um, you have to be, if you're under 21, I think mm-hmm. you have to be sponsored by an adult guardian type person uh to purchase a gun so the father sponsored him and in the time that the father sponsored him he did buy four firearms so my thing is is if the dad really thought that he was a threat based on this other thing the father had all the power in the world to handle that yeah and he, he didn't he had the power and he didn't and that's a problem um yeah i mean i guess the, so those are two separate issues and i i wouldn't mind talking about both. Um, basically being able to recognize that he's a potential threat from the outside, mm-hmm. I think is one. And then the inside threat, like you were just saying. And so sticking with that, I guess, um, I mean, we can only speculate and, right. I, and, and say that how could he possibly not have known that, that he probably shouldn't have guns, like mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have guns. All, and even if you did think, okay, you know what? let's just say maybe the father thought, you know what, maybe this will be good for him. Maybe it'll give him a chance to learn and we'll have, we can, we can buy guns and I'll take him to the range and we'll use them responsibly and he'll get an understanding and maybe a respect for him. And I will keep them locked up and Mm -hmm. I will make sure that there's only access when I approve. Like that's a much more reasonable thing that they should have done with, with this kid, even if, you know, they really didn't think that he was going to do anything stupid. You you can't just assume that with a kid that. Yeah. Like I mean, this. again, not knowing, you know, we only know what the media has told us uh, about this. So, and what we see on his social media. Well, yeah. I mean, his stuff. social, I mean, obviously hit the video he made was just blatantly <laughs> odd uh, and, and weird. Well, but pretty direct though. and pretty direct. Um, but again, you know, there you go, there you go again. Though you run into a First Amendment. He didn't make any threats. He just made a video. Well, that, that in, it could be interpreted. It as could a, be. 
But your interpretation and his interpretation of his First Amendment right to free speech, it's it's his interpretation that matters. Fine. Yeah. I, I As much as I am against, you know, slippery slope red flag laws and mm-hmm. and the unlawful, I guess, um, preventing of somebody from obtaining a firearm, I do want to prevent mass shootings and I do want to prevent these, these shooting events. Yeah. So with operating within that scope of, we cannot, uh, we cannot eliminate somebody's right to defend themselves. Um, what do we do? Yeah. How, how do you, how do you, I mean, but to me, what do you do is you, you have to be looking for these warning signs. Mm-hmm. And when there is warning signs, like somebody had to get their knives removed from their home and which I presume that they they removed any weapons at that time. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know. They didn't say whether there was any firearms in the house. Well, I, there must not have been because yeah. I doubt they would leave firearms and take the knives. But or so, if they if they were, they were under the sole control of one of the parents. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know I don't I don't want to say like anybody should be recommended for a psych eval, and and if that happens, and you're automatically precluded from getting firearms, but. You know, you would think that this is a there's a there was enough totality of evidence in this case to be like somebody really needs to look at this kid and 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 he certainly should have been flagged for a sorry this is you know yeah. dangerous. Well, and they already have, I believe, if I remember what I read correctly, uh, for minor even if you're sponsored, it's like a two or three day wait or a three day three or seven day wait. Before, you know, you go and purchase a firearm, they do the background check. But if you're under 21 and you're sponsored, you still have to wait seven days so that they can do whatever enhanced type of background check that Illinois apparently has. Um, So feasibly, he would have had to have gone through all that, too. Um, And there's, you know, again, he wasn't charged with anything. He wasn't brought anywhere. So there was nothing in the record that was going to reflect that this kid may of been a problem. Yeah. I mean, and on paper, yeah, there's nothing there and the dad sponsored him. So it's kind of like you're more or less putting the dad responsible and that's what it is. But I don't know. And, and, you know, we can harden schools all day, which I I advocate advocate for. We can harden any other venues and facilities and buildings that, that, that are potentially uh, of targets, I guess. Um, But we can't really, harden streets and other you know apartment buildings or whatever i don't even know where he was shooting from but he was on a roof he he, was on some kind of a roof first of all he dressed up like a like a an elderly woman with a wig and all kinds of shit climbed a ladder to a roof and then shot down yeah my point is so like there are obviously going to be areas that are not completely defensible right so yeah, most public yeah. forums. Uh, I, I, but I, I want to empathize with everybody that wants to prevent this stuff. Yeah, and figure out how we can do that without infringing on people's rights to defend themselves. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, and you know, you run into these, and you know, this, the Supreme Court. We'll get into the New York, the new New York bullshit law here in a minute, but, uh, you know, the the Supreme Court's ruling, uh put a damper on any kind of conceivable restriction to allow somebody to possess a firearm in public. I mean, I don't have a problem this, you know, with that. Like I think, uh, a, uh, what's, what's the, 
the term uh, or the phrase uh, good and substantial a, reason no a, no no a uh, ar an armed society is a polite society yeah 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 um i think i i definitely agree with that and i think because that that is a good deterrent for the for people that are thinking about doing bad things is they're yeah. going to be met by plenty of other people you know it may not be everybody you know no it, but that's why most of these things happen in cities where yeah people aren't allowed to care sure sure because they know that the the threat that they face of opposition mm -hmm. is minimal yeah they're, they're looking for soft targets yep. i get it exactly and that's what i'm saying we can't harden you know everything and so that's probably going to be a soft target that somebody's going to target but then again too you know if somebody doesn't have the gun that they want bad people are going to do bad things yeah, and that's absolutely. always the the you know you can't it's not just about stopping them from guns it's i think this kid should have been evaluated younger and, yeah. and maybe even uh committed because yeah he he maybe. looks like a danger to society <laughs> and i don't mean just physically i just mean all the the things that he's done um well, physically and, he looks like a strong gust of wind would have blown him away yeah which no, is probably part of the issue i just think that certain i think there's resources are always going to be an issue mm -hmm. but I know the way it works with certain criminals that reach a certain level that I can't get too much into, but there's going to be eyes on, there's going to be some kind of people are observing right. these individuals that are raising these kind of threats. And cause I don't, I, I know there, there's going to be a lot of uh, people that f would fit into a generic red flag law circumstance, sure. but I don't think there's quite as many people that would fit the, psychological profile of this kid right um and those people i think if we can really target in on well i don't think anyone i don't think i don't think anyone has ever sat down and actually done an analysis side by side of all these particularly this age group right the 18 to 24 25 year mm -hmm. old who commit these crimes uh i don't think anyone has actually sat down and done a side-by-side -side comparison of any similar traits you know, you hear every once in a while, oh, well, he was bullied. You know, the kid Cruz down in Florida, oh, he was bullied. Uh, you know, that's that's a, that's a great surface level argument. But at the same time, there's a lot of fucking kids that were bullied. Yeah, exactly. That's I know. I agree. There's going to be a lot of kids that are bullied, a lot of kids that that um, are under pressure and stress and whatever. But I think I think all, all these kids just want attention. They want attention. And I'm not saying you should give it to them or right. that they... You know, I don't think there's much they can do. I'm sure that they were, a lot of them were in um, in poor living situations as as youths. Um, they were whatever raised in a in a uh, bad situation yeah. um, and suffered psychological distress as children. But I mean, yeah, that's going to fit a lot of people. Sure. So you know, I I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But it's, but my point is is I don't think red flag laws don't do it no when I, have you ever when has anything ever been prevented by a red flag law well i don't no, know it I, hasn't been i don't know that we're aware of well that we're aware of but that's hard to say because i can't I, think of an instance all where, i can well even if it has i would say that there's been significant overreach if there were absolutely uh, in, in other cases where people have been prevented from defending themselves as well in cases so like i i can't say like you can't say how many how many instances of gun violence pre prevented by somebody else being armed you can't say because it just didn't happen somebody being armed me or you know a, a guard having a 
a, a gun in the front of a building may have prevented a shooting in that building because the maybe. guy didn't go there to shoot it up because yeah, that is a deterrent. So that was a, an instance of gun violence mm -hmm. that was likely prevented, but you, that's, it's not a number you can actually. Right. Because you don't know down. because they never defeat. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't know that red flag laws to me. And, you know, again, this is what the, you know, the Democrats were all celebratory about this new red flag gun law that they pass in Congress, which, doesn't do shit. Yeah. So the other part of it is, is I don't know as though they necessarily want it fixed, to be honest with you, because they're not having serious conversations about it in Congress. They're, they're fighting about it and they're arguing and saying, oh, we want to do this, we want to do that, but they don't fight for it to happen. Well, I think the problem is the left just wants to go to the full-on extreme. There's no real compromise. They don't really want to look at the issue. They want to they want to do what they want to do. They want to just take the guns away and think that that magically fixes everything because it doesn't work that but way. But I don't know if they even believe that it would actually fix anything. I think they they do it because they know that those those are the words that are going to make people donate to their campaigns so they can keep their damn jobs. Val uh, Val Demings from Florida. Uh, I I read her I read her Twitter almost daily. Mm -hmm. Every single day since this shooting, that is the only thing she has tweeted about. She was tweeting about abortion. Yeah. And then she stopped and started, as soon as this happened, she started tweeting about that and fundraising off of. Sure. Yeah. This. They're trying to latch on to it. They have disingenuous arguments. Yeah. Uh, and it's all to make money. And I'm not saying that the Republicans are any, any different because, of course, they're fundraising off, we want to protect your gun rights. And they're trying to make the same amount of money off the other side of the coin. Absolutely. But the argument is a the argument that the Democrats are making are a disingenuous argument because they don't want to fix it. And they know damn well that the shit that they're passing isn't going to do anything to fix it. If they were serious about it, they would really seriously try to put in put out ideas or put forth ideas that could actually potentially curtail some of these things. Now, I don't know what those are. They're probably a lot smarter than me. And they probably have some much better ideas than me, but they're not even, they're not even doing that. They're sticking to the same shit they've been talking for the last 25 years. Right. They're not well, and you can, well, you can tell because they're focusing in on just these mass shooting events, right. or whatever. Because it goes away as soon as. Public. You know, they're not worried about the rest of the gun violence that actually takes place. Right. They're not worried about that at all. Right. They're, they never talk about case pistols. Case in point is Chicago just in general. They, they have probably the most significant gun violence in the country. Yeah. And we don't hear about the rest of the hundreds of murders that occurred right. during the July 4th weekend. We only hear about the, the handful of people that were killed by this psychopath. Right. But yeah, so it's completely disingenuous. And, you know, it, as long to me, as long as it's a disingenuous conversation or a disingenuous argument on the subject, I'm not even going to listen to it. Uh, and I don't think that anybody, uh, now I was surprised that a couple of the, a couple of the people in the Senate that went on, Joni Ernst, who is usually a very staunch and maybe they just signed off on it because they know that nothing that's in there does anything to curtail anything. Uh, and it really doesn't. Uh, I, I encourage you to go read the bill that they, they put out. It's not very long, um, but it, it does nothing. It, it, it gives helpful suggestions really is what it boils down to. Yeah. And so I, I don't even know why I don't even know how you can call it a law because it doesn't enact anything. 
other than, hey, if you want to if you want to strengthen or create red flag laws in your state, then we'll give you money. Well, I think we should have learned from now in the last 30 years or whatever, maybe more, more whatever, that there is no single law you can pass that will fix this stuff. What needs to be fixed is culture. Yes. Culture needs yeah. to be fixed. And you can't just. You can't yeah. sign that into law. That's not a magic culture one. needs to be fixed. We need more policing mm -hmm. that that will help prevent things, not defunding the police. Yeah, we need to. Which, by the way, they're policing. all saying that yeah. they never said, you know, you can pull up 5000 video clips of every Democrat in the House and Senate over the last five years saying defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. Well, you can see the actions they've taken to do that. And now the, and now it's well, we results. never said defund the police like we're supposed to just believe them again. Disingenuous. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be right back. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, our good friend and uh, current president, Joe Biden, and uh, his ability to read a teleprompter. <laughs> okay, amigos, <laughs> buddy, old pals, friends of mine, we are back. So I don't know if y'all watched today, but our good old buddy Joe was on TV once again. And uh, yeah. Hey, just more proof that uh, this guy is doing nothing for himself and none of his thoughts are his own. As much as they try to rein him in and, and direct every <laughs> little movement that he does, he just cannot stop. I he, mean, he can't get it right. Yeah, it's obviously not the first time. So if you didn't hear if you didn't hear what happened, here's here's a sample of Joe Biden reading his teleprompter today. <laughs> it is noteworthy. The percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women aren't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. What, what's happening here is Joe's reading the teleprompter. So I don't know if you know how a teleprompter works, but generally what it is, is you have lines that are in like green that you're supposed to read. Or white or whatever. Green. Yeah. Whatever color they choose. I'll, I'll just use green. So those are the lines that you're supposed to read for your speech. Now, in a different color, usually red. Usually in brackets. Yeah, usually bracketed and all that. It's instructions on if you're supposed to do something else. Like pause. Like, or... Yeah, pause. Uh, you know, make a, make a specific point on something you just said. Or repeat, or a, repeat line. a line. <laughs> so, so Biden... In all his all his wonderful glory, reads this thing and then continues on and just continues reading the instructions, telling him to repeat the quote uh, that he just read over again for emphasis. This isn't the first time this has happened. No, he's a gaff machine, but it you know props to uh, Kamala for kind of keeping a straight face. Yeah, because Becerra didn't. Becerra was <laughs> over his uh, left shoulder. Uh, Secretary Becerra, I think he's uh, labor. He's the labor mm. secretary. Uh, was over his shoulder, and you could see when he read that Becerra went. <coughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> your own cabinet's laughing at oh, you, dude. Man. But it, but the serious part about that is, <laughs> I mean, just more proof to show that he is not in charge of shit. No. He's not running shit. Look. What do they always tell you, you know, when you were in school and you had to give a speech or you had to give a presentation or even at work? What what do they tell you the best thing to do is go over the material, learn the material so that you have 
a basic understanding of what's coming up next, right? The more you read it, the more familiar you are with it. And the more, as you're reading it, you don't have to look at the teleprompter because you've, it's already, parts of it are already ingrained in your head because you've, you've reviewed it and you've, you've actually read it and, and, or you actually wrote it, uh, which, you know, presidents don't write their own shit anyway, but, uh, but he obviously didn't do any of that. And he was just given this thing on a teleprompter and said, ready, Joe, go. <laughs> and and he fucks it up. Ron Burgundy. Well, yeah. well and that's what everybody, yeah. social media is just blowing up with the whole Ron Burgundy uh, thing. Where, you know, there was a quote in the movie that said, uh, put it on a teleprompter. He'll read anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what Biden does. He yeah. just he's, he just literally sits there and, and reads whatever's in front of him, <laughs> no matter how idiotic it makes him look. I th- it's funny, but it's probably more sad than funny. I mean, I I can't help but laugh, but at this point, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Nah, and and that and that that that's the funny part about. Uh, so the other the other funny thing that's uh, in my Twitter verse mm. uh, that that uh, I deal with daily uh, happily, by the way, I I don't mind doing it. As a matter of fact, I kind of get some personal enjoyment out of it. Uh, but there's a a couple of former. One's a former Obama campaign manager, uh, I think in I don't I don't remember which state, but in one of the states. And the other one is a former Obama slash Biden uh, campaign manager in Florida. And they've put out for the last two days. And this is the this is the trick, folks. I think they really think that if they keep putting it out there and they repetitively post like the same shit that people are going to believe them because they're saying now these people have considerable followings. Um, but they keep putting out, they've been putting out for the last week, uh, that Democrats have now surpassed Republicans in voter enthusiasm for November. Like that's the new, that's the new narrative that they're trying to hook out there. What are they basing that on? Well, they're not, they're not yeah. basing it on anything. Again, it's going back to the same thing that if they think that if they continuously keep repeating it, that people are going to actually believe it. And there's probably some people that will. I mean, there's sheeple that do nothing but use that type of person's thing on Twitter. Well, and of course, I mean, we I think it's been that case since we that we've learned clearly since uh, the 2016 election that obviously the left is going to be the loudest. And, right. you know, they're going to be pulling the highest in general. They're, they're going to be pulling higher than the right just because they are. Yeah, they're going to be a lot more enthusiastic. Well, and they're saying that... And so here's a here's a big downfall for them is, you know, they thought that this whole uh, Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade was going to be a huge booster for them. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think it was Quinnipiac poll that came out today says that uh, only five percent of the people they polled put abortion in the top five of their considerations for. The November election, well, I. I think that they were expecting that that was going to push that issue all the way up to the top or above the economy above. Was that before the decision? No, the, today the poll, the, the oh, poll, the poll came said, out today. So oh, it was geez. within the last week. That's all, that's because you would think that that would be significantly higher just given the, the nature of how recent it happened anyway. Right. But it, it went up from 3% to 5%. Yeah, yeah. So, that's not a huge. I, say, I bet it was even significantly lower a year ago. Yeah, whatever. and that's not so. That's not a huge. That's not a huge increase. And I think they start putting stuff out like this to try to uh, deflect from the fact that it did not have the impact 
that they thought that it should have on the overall electorate. So now that it's only been like this minimal 2% increase, mm -hmm. they have to start pushing the narrative that, oh, you know, we're doing great, guys. You know, they told Hillary Clinton the same thing when she was running against Trump. Oh, you're doing fine. You're hands down. You've got this one. Yeah, you don't even have to go there. Yeah, the news media, you know, MSNBC and CNN and all that. Like, oh, this is going to be a landslide. This is going to be Trump doesn't stand a chance yep. uh, and all this crap because they kept trying to feed that to them and, and people either, you know, I'm sure the Clinton people certainly believed it. Uh, even though I don't really think that they believed it. I think that they knew that they were in trouble, but they're never going to give that a forward facing, you know, acknowledgement. Uh, but they had to know they do all the inside polling. They know, they know what it, you know, if it's going to be close or if it's not going to be close or if they're going to win or if they're not going to win to some certainty, I would think, uh, because they have all the technology at their, they have all the technology and all the money at their disposal to see this shit. Um, but I think it's more telling that when they start putting this stuff out, it's because they know that they're in trouble. Yeah. That's why they do it. You see it in Joe Biden's speeches. He's just trying to save face by completely lying. <laughs> by saying yeah. that the economy is the greatest it's ever been. Yeah. Well, and so the top four, the top four categories that were above abortion, uh, the economy was number two or number three. Uh, gas prices were number two or number three. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other two had to do with uh, with the economy as well, but different different aspects of the economy. Uh, food prices were was uh, was up there. So kitchen table issues yeah. are still by far. And the, and the number one was thirty three percent of the electorate that they polled said was the most important. The next one was like twenty percent. And then there was one that was seven percent and then abortion was five percent. So it's not in the it's not even in the top four and it's not even in double digit percentage. So they they know they're in trouble. I mean, I would hope it would not be. I mean, seriously, though, I know abortion's a a problem and a concern. But for everybody's average daily life, how often do they run into <laughs> yeah. that issue? Like, yeah, if you're running into a, yeah. if you're running into abortion problems weekly yeah. in your life yeah. then there's something else going on exactly that uh that's yeah that's why they should have recognized early on like gas prices and, and trump did this to his credit and he talked about it well before he got elected to president uh, how much of an issue that was uh, as gas prices and and be, because that just impacts everything and he placed a focus on that and yeah. it paid off yeah so i i mean i just I, you <clears throat> To me, it's a clear sign that they know they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, and you see it because they're, I bet you if there was a way to, if there was a way to do a data collection uh, on Twitter or on whatever social media platform you want to, you want to look at and you look at the spikes of when they start really pushing this shit hard, mm -hmm. it's going to be obvious. It's going to be obvious that, oh, this didn't work out quite the way we thought it was going to work out. Let's start pushing this. And the fact that they roll from narrative to narrative so quickly, you know, when they realize that, okay, that narrative is not working, we're going to move to this one. That's a key sign for me that, uh, you know, people always say, well, it's a 24-hour news cycle, so stuff goes quicker. No, because if it's something that they know is strong and it's something that they know uh, – 
is catching on, then they they pound on it. Yeah. Here, likewise, they they pound on it and let it go, right? But if they know that something is like the shooter, you know, initially it was, oh my god, another mass shooting. Now we're kind of we kind of found out a little bit more about this kid's background and maybe his political leanings, and they've run right away from it. Yeah, I think they try to see if it latches on, and if it doesn't actually, uh, you know, yeah, if it doesn't any move any, yeah, what's it move the needle? Is yeah. that the? Yeah. If it doesn't move the needle where they think it then should, they're gonna find something else. They yeah. they move on to the next thing, and then it's all it's all forgotten. But that, what they can't escape, what they can't escape, are what people are currently paying for shit. Like you said, the, yeah. even even the even the carnival here yeah. locally uh, has increased, and and I don't fault the and look. I don't necessarily consider it price gouging because there's a lot that goes into you getting a product from somebody. Yeah, no, obviously, hey, hey, to me, it's the fair market. Like I don't have to go pay for that. Sure, I mean, I I choose to. Um, it's unfortunate that I feel like I'm priced out or I, I could only do maybe half the things I wanted to do right. because that is the case, but that's my choice. And and so they can charge a hundred dollars for a game. Yeah, if I'm willing to pay it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it is the way it is, you know? And then if I wanted to, I can set up my own carnival and <laughs> right, yeah, whatever exactly. and charge cheaper prices if that's the case. Right. You know, it's the, it's the free market. Um, yeah, but I, I guess my I guess my point is is like you know they're the big thing that they're starting to you know like the gas stations. Mm -hmm. I think there was would they say there's 136,000 gas stations in the country or something like that, which I thought that number would be like so much more, so much higher. How many? How they said 136,000 gas stations mm -hmm. in the country because um, we got like 30 right here in our town. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that is the number. But regardless of what the number is, um, you know, I think 90, 90 something percent of them are independently owned by small business owners. So they have to they have to pay mm -hmm. or they have to charge what they pay to get that tank underneath the ground to fill their tanks yeah. up. They have to pay or charge you. A little bit more to make money mm -hmm. off of what they had to pay for the gas to keep their pumps well, running. Well, yeah, and, and from what I understand, the majority of those people, they'll tell you they don't even make money on right. gas. It's not gas. Yeah, right. they they want to, the gas to bring people there so they can buy stuff from their convenience store. Right. That's, yeah. There's that's no. Where they there's hardly money. any stores that, or hardly any gas stations you go to anymore that is just a gas station. No. Most of them are like little convenience stores. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where they make their money. They yeah. make their money off you know, beer and uh, chips and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and it, again, it's a deflection, but it's just easy to try to blame somebody instead of, you know, taking accountability for the bullshit policies that you put in place or the policies that you removed, which is more so the case in this instance, uh, immediately upon taking over as the president um, that, that have caused these things, you know, you can, what, what's, what's the new thing they're blaming Putin for now? Food prices. <laughs> now, food prices are because of Putin. Well, they, <laughs> they, they are. I mean, they're, 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 they're affected uh, by, by both Russia and Ukraine are going to affect by because they're limiting 
you know, grain and stuff that, that is exported and that, and that impacts a lot of stuff, but that's also because we're super reliant on imports and that yeah. stuff in that area. And we certainly have enough of our own. Yeah. Well, uh, there's all kinds of really shady stuff where they're, uh, I mean, across all across America, they're, they're paying farmers not to farm in yeah. a lot of cases. It's true. That's it, a whole, whole issue that is a lot to get into. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, but you can't get away from the fact that the things you're doing with your EPA, yeah, the things, the the obstacles that you're putting in place to, you know, farmers don't make a shit ton, a shit ton of money. No, uh, and and the more obstacles you put in their way to be able to get money to continue to produce, and the environmental, you know, the bullshit environmental restrictions on water on planting on pesticides on all these other things equipment well and then you get to the equipment costs yeah absolutely um uh, you can't you can't separate yourself from those things because you're the one doing it yeah and there's all kinds of restrictions on exactly what what uh you're going to the type of seeds or whatever you're going to plant where they come from you know what companies you're getting them from they have all kinds of restrictions it, it, it's it's silly yeah the regulations and restrictions that the government the government getting involved in, in every anything. little thing in anything is <laughs> just bad yeah it just completely screwed screwed up yeah and you know there was a case in california well there was a case in california a couple of years ago where the, I, and I don't know if it was the federal EPA or California's environmental people. I, I don't remember. Uh, but they restricted the use of the water out of a river because some kind of tadpole mm-hmm. was, they, you know, if they felt that it was endangering, they didn't even know. They just felt like it was endangering this certain tadpole that nobody had ever friggin' heard of. <laughs> um, but their answer to that was to restrict 90% usage of the water from that river in farming. I mean, just stupid shit like that. You can't run a, you can't run and you can get away with it in California because you're California and you idiots do stupid shit all the time, which by the way, funny story real quick. Uh, I did hear, I did have one of my folks out in the Twitterverse, one of my, uh, one of my uh, Democrats say that uh, the most viable candidate to run in 2024, if, if Biden doesn't, it's Newsom. Yeah, please, <laughs> please. That might even be true, factually. I don't know. I don't think so. That, that, there's a lot of Democrats that don't even like Newsom. Uh, exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean. No, there I, are. I don't know. I, be- I believe that. But I'm just saying, like. The- I mean, I say let him run. He He survived the recall, which he shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I mean, I sure, but I think the recall was restricted to, uh, all they're looking for. Oh, I don't know how it was restricted. But yeah, it was, it, they did some funky shit to restrict the but ability. We know, we know at this point, all they're looking for is somebody who is, um, charming. Somebody, <laughs> somebody who speaks well. I don't think he's charming. I don't think he has a, I don't, I've never seen him speak charmingly. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't dis, I wouldn't describe it as that, but, I, um, you know, but that's how they describe Obama, yeah. you know, that he was politically charming. He sounded presidential. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause so that matters. Listen to Trudeau, 
the the stuff that he says out of his face hole is the dumbest crap besides AOC that I've probably ever heard. Yet he sounds articulate. He sounds, you know, like he wants, you know, he's. Well, I think sounds... I think his days are numbered in Canada. Oh, absolutely, they're done. they're done with him. Absolutely, uh, and you know, and I don't know. I just I the the good signs for me globally uh, are you are seeing pushback against these extreme liberal uh, ideologues that are in power. Mm-hmm. Um, Trudeau, to, I don't think Trudeau stands a prayer. And I don't even know if he's ever going to, if he's going to run again, he probably, will. Oh, he will. he will. He probably will, but I don't think he stands a, pr- uh, he stands a prayer. Uh, and then certainly the pushback that Biden's getting, he's going to crown himself King of Canada. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Before. If he could, he would have. Yeah, no, I think he's going to uh, try. So. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, comrades, <laughs> friends, buddies, pals, I hope you all have a great weekend. I was supposed to play golf tomorrow. I was going to be in a golf tournament tomorrow morning, and it, it just got canceled. So I'm a little disappointed by that. Wow, but we're supposed wow. to get some nasty thunderstorms tomorrow morning. So I guess I kind of see it. Uh, but we will be back on Tuesday for episode five of Trash Talk and Tuesday. So make sure you uh, you listen to that when it comes out. And we hope to see you all again next week. <laughs>